I told you that, right? Yeah, I posted it on my story. When I got my renewed passport, they sent me a flyer that said, the world is yours with your U.S. passport. And I was like, wow. Oh, yeah. yeah that's <laughs> bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's funny. But like, in a way, like, I'm a, they're not lying. They're not lying. I mean, it's pretty fucking privileged to have it. And um, we, we, you know, the, the backs of slaves, dude, that's where we got that. And the, Native, the bones of Native Americans. We, we benefit off of people, but we do to a certain extent. And we got to keep ourselves in check, too, because, you know, we're not I'm not indigenous to the U.S. So, like, I was even thinking about doing like right. with, like Native American um, Native American organizations. Like, I actually think about that shit. Like, I need to like go out and give back because my conscience, because like when I'm driving down a nice old country road in North Carolina, I'm like, damn, how many Cherokee people were, you know, forcibly taken out of here on the Trail of Tears and, you know, who died on the way? You know, who for, were forcefully evacuated, like made refugees in their own country. You know, and yeah. I'm driving down this road and yeah. I'm going to Chick Fil A, like nothing, like not even thinking about it. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, so I think that, like, um, you know, like what Akon's saying isn't too crazy because I feel like Africans kind of have to, like, African people have to believe in themselves oh, to a certain yeah. extent. Because, be, 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 so you, you know, you're you're Sudanese and uh. And I'll hear my Ethiopian family saying, talking about their political leaders and the different dictatorships and all that kind of shit that goes on. And, you know, there's, there's been like a lot of crazy shit that's gone on in Ethiopia. And I believe Sudan isn't too different, you know. And um, it's like one of those things where they're like, oh, yeah, but, you know, like you, a- Africans from Africa will talk about other Africans. say, so, you know, Africans are too yeah, greedy. Yeah. That's why there's too much corruption. We'll never like... So, and, and, and you know, obviously they can't be racist against themselves, but it's like a self-defeatist kind of like, you know, like kind of you know, um, behavior at least outlook. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's we like to tear ourselves down because it's just the same way. Um, it's just it's, I think it's a, and especially Africans that come to the U.S. They kind of get like snooty or something. Like we, you know, like we're, we're somehow more enlightened than them because we or we've learned, you know the ways of the first world. And now we, we want to go and preach and tell them, but the reality is very different on the floor. People don't have the mentality. Like people are greedy because they're in survival mode. Like it's hard to live in Africa, yo. Like people are trying to survive day to day. Like they're not thinking about college and like the shit we're thinking about. Like, Oh, what are we going to do with my life? Or I'm having an existential crisis and you know, therapy and all that, like therapy, like there's no therapist. I mean, there are, but like for like the privileged people, but like the majority of people don't, don't pay attention to mental health. They're not at that, the stage of, um, self-actualization they're just like fighting you know, like okay how can i have this kid how can i feed my family you know how can i how can i do this how can i do that how can i raise my baby so that they won't die or like so that they have a future that's why there's all these like government changes and like especially in sudan right now there's like um there's like the, they just overthrew the government and there's like really no government right now and they're trying to like have a transitional government and they're not you know it's not really going as smoothly as people thought because the military doesn't want to give it power but that's like the story of africa like people got too excited too soon with that because they were like oh my god yay we're finally gonna have you know sudan or whatever is going to be developing it's going to develop and we're going to be able to live there and it's going to be economically sound and legitimate and stable and i'm like yo calm down like sudan's been around forever like um it's not just going to happen overnight like if if it were to happen it would have already happened and i think the fact that there's so much corruption in sudan I look at my own family and I see that same corruption on a micro level. I'm like, if you ever became president, you would just do the same shit on a grand scale. Like, don't act like you're all high and mighty. 
Right. So what I'm trying to bring this back to is, um, as far as like African internationalism, I believe that in the process of decolonization, that black people and also, you know, I guess Asian colonized people as well have to be better. What does that mean? Like, like we, we don't want, we, we don't, we, we don't want like a European union or a United States, whatever I'm saying. Like, and I don't mean that like black people have to be the, I'm not, I, I don't mean in any kind of way that black people have to be like the bigger person. That's not what, what it's about at all. It's about black people and brown people have to stop fighting amongst ourselves and like really get our get get our shit together. I don't know, I don't know if you know Franz Fanon is. He was an existentialist writer from Martinique, and also a clinical psychiatrist. No, I've never heard of him. And and he, he you know he he wrote all these like you read his books and it'll kind of like fuck your head up a little bit. He wrote a lot about like decolonization, but like from like a very philosophical kind of standpoint, and how uh, decolonization almost always is going to include violence. And um, but but he did kind of have this optimistic view as well that the the better society, the better world that we all kind of want to see, it will not be determined by the colonizers. It's going to be determined by um, the colonized peoples or, you know, the oppressed peoples and that this kind of like ideal future that we all kind of want. We haven't seen it yet. And when I say we haven't seen that, like we haven't seen democracy in Africa, like our model has to be better. Like for, for anything in Africa to succeed, it's, 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 it's got to be better than um, the Western model, because really anything, all that makes it a democracy technically. I mean, democracy just means people's rule. That's all that means in Greek. That's what democracy means. But democracy, as the United States exports it to other countries and then like destroys their nations. That's I mean, like that's not democracy, but like we need our own thing. We have to stop being like, oh, we need the Western style democracy. The Western style democracy destroyed Iraq, Afghanistan, a lot of parts of Latin America. You know, so when that's the thing, white people's ideas aren't for us. We have to just have our own ideas and, you know, um, have some indigenous, indigenous ways of rule. So when you look at like the Middle East and you see all these monarchies, do you feel like, okay, they're doing them? Like they're doing what's, what they're used to culturally, like what works for them? Or do you say, no, there should be more like freedoms or, or like, what do you mean by like something better than democracy? What's your idea of an, like an ideal African government? Like, Oh, I mean, well, I don't, I don't have those ideas, but I mean, like, I mean, I mean that it hasn't been put out there. Like it hasn't been imagined. And I'm saying like, it's up to, you know, like Africans to figure out what that is. Like stop seeking validation. it's, It's more, it's more of a proposition. I don't like have an answer. I'm saying it's more like a proposition of like what we should aim towards. We should aim towards something that's better than like what, you know, the EU has or the United States or China even because you or let's say like China's actually a great example, though. China has said China, you know, they're, they have the, you know, political labels don't mean anything. Democracy, communist, whatever. All, all this shit is just this is just like politics. Yeah. But China and, you know, like, you know, fuck China for like colonizing Africa right now. But yeah. what China did right. And what Africans need to do is something more like China did. China said, fuck the West. We don't care about Europe or the United States. We're doing our own thing. And now China is the second largest economic power in the world, richer than all of Europe. 
and only second to the United States. And that happened in 20 years. And they, and that's the thing. They're not worried about democracy in this kind of sense that um, we are in the U.S. You know, in the U.S., all democracy really means in the U.S. is that maybe every four years people give a fuck about, like, some politician. And you have a new face to the same kind of establishment that's been here since, like, but at you the know, same like, time, uh, 17. I'm going to cut you off real quick. At the same time. In, in the US, I feel like we have we value human rights a little more and we get outraged and we also don't have as much censorship. So like is that a good trade-off like having economic prosperity for like at the same time like the horrible human rights abuses like we the US has a lot of human rights abuses too, but I feel like in the US we keep our government in check in some level, whether if that's like a tweet, whether if that's like writing your congressman, or whatever there's some way of like communicating that and communicating your frustrations without getting locked up but in china i feel like you can just get locked up for saying something against the government where honestly just depends on what you value like if you look at like the uyghur muslims in in, in china like getting locked up and all the human rights abuses going on against them and getting arrested and all that um because they're scared of like they want to kind of assimilate them like that's the only thing like, i think china did an amazing thing on that end government i think maybe honestly if they just had more like human rights and just valued um people's opinions more and had freedom of speech then they'd just be doing something perfect right so like oh okay i'm gonna answer your question in a few parts so i i I never said that china has the perfect government or the government that we want um but what i'm talking about has and as far as the u.s absolutely we have as far as like freedom of speech we have a lot more leeway than a lot of countries um, mm-hmm. all over the world, you know, and um, I definitely value that. I don't think a lot of people in the U.S. value it as much as they should. But that, that's a different topic. But I, I was I was more talking about like China's material gains, right, be, be, that they've been able to make. Because I think a lot of the time well, – our idea of progress is that we that a democracy that we have to export democracy to these countries so they can um, develop and become these uh, modern nations. I mean, you, you know what we do, and the United States is the biggest human rights abuser I think in the world. Not domestically, maybe, but uh, um, you know, you know, we go into Iraq or we go into Chile, and the CIA goes in there and. We have a coup and we're going to say this is for democracy and, you know, because in order for this country to develop economically, they have to be a democracy. And this indeed what I'm going into right now has to do a lot with ideology and uh, what, what people think like what I what, it's really about politics. So people think, that, OK, you have to have democracy to thrive economically. But when you think about the United States of America. The United States of America was never was never a democracy in the first place. It was a republic. The United States of America was founded on human rights abuses, and it became a democracy only in the 20th century when this thing called, um, you know, the Bolshevik Revolution happened in Russia, and they're like, okay, we're not socialists, yeah. so we are a democracy. Democracy was like. You know people weren't voting for their president. Like, it was rich people voting for their president, you know, for, like, Andrew Jackson or, like, any of those people. It, it wasn't, like, poor, poor white people couldn't even vote for them. You know what I'm saying? Like, 
So, so you had you're saying that like it seemed like democracy on paper, but like the average person's vote wasn't really getting heard. It was you're saying the system was rigged. Well, well, well no, I mean, I'm sorry, man. I'm kind of like rambling a but like, oh, you're good. That's what this podcast is, dude. Meals on feels and assorted spewings. Dude. Okay, okay. So, 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 so this is what I mean. I feel like the West, Europeans and the United States and then westernized um, people of color are concerned, like when they talk about Africa, they're con- or even like Latin America, they're concerned about should democracy precede economic stability or should economic stability come first, right? You know what I'm yeah, saying? That, kind of that. Yeah, that's, I, I, I see what you're saying there. And I think it depends. Because if you go to the Middle East, you go to Dubai or the UAE or that, that is the UAE, you know, like the Gulf states, the very rich Gulf states, they have some of the worst human rights abuse records, some of the worst laws against freedom of speech, but their citizens are super content with, um, you know, the way things are. And it's because I actually had a paper on this. It's, I think it's because for them, and I think maybe in their culture, they value money over human rights, not necessarily like that, or they value for them economic stability, safety, making sure the nation is protected, that comes first, and then maybe the other stuff is like an afterthought. But there are also a lot of people in those nations fighting the human rights abuses and protesting and all that. There are a lot of actions going, but at the same time, we're talking about the majority of people aren't really, you know, they're actually really happy. And I went, I've been to, you know, countries like Saudi Arabia and people there have they put the picture of their king on their car like they'll get like they'll like they'll poster it on to the back of their car it'll be tinted obviously so you could see through it but it'll be like a picture of like mbs on their car and i'm like yo this dude is like like he's he's like wanted for human rights like come on like this dude just killed like khashoggi like what are you doing like that's the Okay, yeah. so so I'm, I'm I'm gonna reiterate myself, and this this is and just so you you know clearly exactly what I I don't know I totally get what you mean, but I totally get I, what you're saying. Should, should democracy come first, or should economic development? And Western intellectuals will tell you that democracy has to come first. But saying democracy has to come first is inconsistent with the West's history, because at the end of the day. The United States was found on slavery and um, the exploitation of you know poor whites and a lot of other kinds of crimes. Kind of genocide of the Native Americans. Right. This, before it was a, a democracy, the same way as um, you know, uh, the same way as let's say like even China. China became the Communist Party. This like one Republic of China through the. Um, I don't know if you can call it genocide was against your own people, but you know, like the murder of like millions of like working class Chinese people died for Chairman Mao for it to become this China that it is now. And I think a lot of that has to do with, so all these things that we consider like great and developed today were actually built on um, a lot of strange events and crimes and whatnot. And the West today is trying to sell uh, democracy to uh, more or less like developing nations. Like, you need democracy before you're going to uh, ever, you know, thrive economically. And, you know, I feel like China said fuck that, and now China is one of them, is, a, is an economic powerhouse. Now I'm not saying that 
we should care about human rights. I'm absolute, I absolutely care about human rights. But what I'm saying is that, you know, Africans are starting all the time. How do we vote? How do we, democracy, this and that, is that the most important thing? Or is feeding your child right now the most important thing? You understand what I'm saying? Like, look, look, and when I say that, I mean like an economic, I mean like an economic system that is has equity of some kind of sense too. I'm not just saying like it has to become super rich. You know, like the United States is the most unequal country out of all the developed nations, but we're the richest country in the world. Yeah, in terms of income inequality, I totally get what you're saying. Like a woman, a mom having to choose between feeding her kid and democracy. Um, that's true. It also depends on where you live because if you live in a very repressive government, you could be picking between feeding your kid and your kid being killed by the government or something like that, or being, you know, incarcerated for something very mild. So it just also depends on the degree of the oppression that the person's experiencing in that nation, as well as the level of hunger. Those are all factors. And, but I, I absolutely get what you're saying where it's like, is that the priority right now? Like, are we just looking for, the thing is like, when you go to the, the way the world is, is when a government transitions from like a dictatorship to a democracy, um, the World Bank, all those organizations kind of give you preference where it's like, if you can become a democracy, we'll give you loans or loan forgiveness or we'll, we'll help you out. We'll help your nation economically as long as you abide by these rules, you know, which is neo. Oh, oh, is neo- oh, oh, oh yeah. We're, we're, we're right. And it all goes back to white supremacy. Yeah, white supremacy. You, I mean, we would call it West, Western supremacy, even or something like that. But, but, but that's what it all goes back to. But there's nations so, so, so with they, they that are happy, yo, like where they have really good approval ratings and they're oh, happy. Oh, Not everybody oh, wants yeah, democracy, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, like it's in Saudi Arabia, which is like the most, like, there's some of the most crazy. I think Saudi Arabia there. is changing. <laughs> I think that now um because of like you know the recent events and like the way things are going now there's become um this movement of people who are actually from saudis who are actually like advocating against saudi arabia which is um which is awesome and power to them but um at the same time like i'm happy that it's happening but like the majority like i said of people like will support the king and they'll support like the wahhabi doctrine and they'll support um and they'll cover up all the human rights abuses just because their kid gets to go to the U.S. and study in America for free because the government's paying for it, like legit. Like that's literally what what it is. A lot of the cases, a lot of times, it's like, well, the government did pay for me to go to America and have sex with a white girl, so I guess it's not that bad. It's legit. And then they'll be, they'll go back, and it's like it's like you know, like that's how that works. It's like the the agreement between the citizens and the the ruled and the ruler is financially based. It's like as soon as if Saudi Arabia ever stops being able to fund um, their their gov- their their, uh, their citizens or be able to do all the generous things they do for them, then that government's going to go down very very quick. They won't be able to get away with oh, what they're going to do. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. But you know, I feel like there are other like anomalies too, though. You know, like there's a because it's also like what, what, what like what are what are how do we define human rights is freedom to you know like rant on twitter like like what kind of value does that have you know what i'm saying like so like exactly what kinds of freedom like restrictions on freedom of expression are really human rights abuses that's more of like a philosophical kind of question you know like you you have you have places like cuba cuba's fucking poor as shit I mean, Cuba's also got 100% literacy, you know what I'm saying? Like, free healthcare, 
even though like they've been poor since the Soviet Union collapsed. And you'd think that if the you know like the Cubans like I'm sure like there are people who don't like it there, but unlike Saudi Arabia, they're not sitting pretty. But nobody nobody started a revolution against the Cast Castros. Like nobody's been up in arms about it. If they want. I think that all those people left though, like, but there are a lot of people who don't like the government, but he was, Cuba is also very, like, they're very, you know, hard line on like stopping that stuff and, and controlling, oh, I, um, that's their citizens in that way. And also a lot of the people who were against them just ended up, they end up just coming to the U S because when they come to the U S they get asylum and automatically, oh, get, um, right. Get and a lot, a lot of those not saying that this is not an endorsement of anybody, but like a lot of, a lot, a lot of Cubans that did come to the U S are also, you know, former landlords and shit. <laughs> you, you, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that is true. And, r- 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 right. So, like, there, there's that whole aspect of it. But, like, I'm saying the Cuban people who are still there now, right? Like, those people, if the, they are living poor as fuck. I mean, they, I mean, now I'm not saying like, but, you know, they're, they're living pretty poor. And what I mean by that is, okay. They're rich in health. They're rich in health. They're rich in education, but they're poor in the sense that you don't have a computer at home. You can't go on Facebook unless you're on your phone in a hot spot in like some central square or something like that. Yeah. But but they're obviously they're satisfied with the more basic, uh, you know, um, hierarchical uh, needs. You know what I'm saying? Like as far as like w- what do we need and. Um, like the Cubans, the Cubans, if they wanted to, you know, like they, they, they could topple Castro if they wanted to, you know, I mean, or not, because I guess Castro's a younger brother or whoever. There's like Raul. Yeah. Like if they if they wanted to, they've had something like 60 years to get rid of, you know, this whatever social system they have. But, but you know, they, they have like a different kind of relationship in the sense that, I mean, they, they'd rather, you know, like give up some of their kinds of, uh, freedoms of i wouldn't say freedoms of expression but more or less like like uh, what you can I, I, I don't know the right way to put it but they, they, they don't mind giving up some of like the non-essential liberties because they know that they would rather they would they would on the other hand they would be dominated by the united states and be exploited as a colony and they don't want that either you know what i'm saying like because they did have that for a while i read a really interesting book <laughs> Um, called monkey hunting and it's actually about uh the cuban the chinese community in cuba in like the late 1800s it's really interesting i'd recommend it but um it talks about that because during that time like uh, he was uh, maybe a little bit later in the book but she kind of uh, the author who talks about how cuba was kind of so influenced by the u.s where it was like you know the gis would all be there and it was just like their little play place and most people at that time would actually go to cuba on vacation like that was like the and I don't know if we can compare it to now, like the Hawaii, yeah, Jamaica, maybe you know, like Jamaica. I guess at that time, yeah, it was like Cuba was where you went because it was like safe and whatever, and it was there was a base there and, and all that. So um, that was that relationship, and Cubans didn't like that because you know obviously the Americans would go there and not treat the Cubans very nice, and you know would exploit them and exploit their women and exploit the tourism industry and not and they basically want to live as if like on resorts and stuff. You know I mean, like they want to live like secluded from the, the the local population, which is the worst type of tourism. If you have to go somewhere and, and you have to feel like you're not there, 
then you know don't go there like when i went to mexico i intentionally stayed in downtown cancun like i was like i'm not gonna be with those loser ass people by the playa and like in those like all-inclusive resorts like i see it at a shitty ass resort like you could see the piping in my room there was a sink in the middle of the room i don't know why <laughs> there's a fucking sink and yeah, it looked so shitty yeah wire exposed and like a crappy ass tv that like didn't even work but like it was fun because at the hotel nobody spoke english had to fucking learn i learned spanish I, I got fucking resourceful yo i downloaded this app where you could speak into it and it would translate and then i realized that i know some more spanish than i fucking thought and i was like yo do- all my like dora knowledge started to emerge like subconsciously like legit i started being able to say shit and it, that was like the best experience yo because like when you're when you want to be with the people man i'm a man of the people i walk with the people i eat with the people i speak with the people <laughs> Uh, you sound, sound like a socialist to me. Dude, I, legit. I, I I think socialism can work, man. I think it can work. I, I mean, I, I, I pretty much – I mean, I pretty much am. I call myself a leftist just to like kind of like demo- – yeah, Social democracy. I think that we – we I think so. Um, what is it called? Central planning is the worst uh, thing for communism or socialism where the government controls kind of like the supply and demand. Because capitalism usually decides that, right? And the government is a really bad um, predictor of like supply and demand. That's why there's always like food shortages in communist nations because they don't, they can't, it's they can't really predict how much of what to like supply to their people. So um, I think we need like just both the both of best worlds, man. So we need like more government programs, like more free, like free healthcare, government assistance, you know, free free things like people. The government needs to look after its people. But at the same time, I think we need like free um, enterprise and commerce as well. You know, I'm not against that in any way. Oh, oh, oh yeah, I mean, I, absolutely. People get people want to make money; they want to make money. I mean, I, I also think that it's, I mean, like that. So, socialism is more about um, like actual like theoretical socialism is all about owning the means of production. So, owning the means of production in some sense would have to would have to be a byproduct of capitalism itself where there would no longer be a corporate hierarchy and that every individual would be more or less valued equally within a corporation but instead of as does that ever this person gets paid. Does that ever actually happen though? Because no, 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 no I, 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 I'm, I'm not saying it. It's, it's happened. I, I, I'm saying like, as far as like people doing well, right. And like not being exploited by their bosses, like that's how it would have to work. Like if like you and me want to start some tech company, but like every like we pay our workers like pretty much the same as we would, even as CEOs. Yeah, you know what I'm I saying? Think. Like and, and everyone would have voting rights at work, as opposed to. But that would kill. The, 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 I'm just going to be the devil's advocate. Like they would say that would kill incentive because um money is the number one incentive for humans according to like the opposite opinion i don't know i feel like in that situation like i think that people first of all in 2019 you shouldn't have to work to live that's a really stupid model well, yeah. well, i believe in universal basic sure. universal basic sure, I, mean, I think that every i think you know john maynard Keynes, like the guy who basically inspired fdr and like the new deal yeah, was he an advocate of that? Um, he, he was well. He wasn't advocate of that. He said that in the twenty first century, there's going to be so much capital, and there is. It's just unequally distributed. But he said there's going to be so much capital that people will only need to work ten hours a week, or something like that. 
and, and the thing is, we do have that kind of wealth in the world, but we just we don't we just feel like some people are entitled to have like you know five billion dollars or not you know five billion is not even big like a hundred billion some people can have like a hundred billion dollars and then somebody else makes 725 in charlotte north carolina working cash register mcdonald's and we think that's okay that fucking like, jangles. there's like there's no there's they're like oh yeah like you have to work hard for it but like the money exists it's just it's not we 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 well, see that's a whole other philosophical conversation. How can we we don't value like those like little labor jobs? You know what I'm saying? We still act yeah. like working at McDonald's or Walmart means you're like in high school and you're trying to like make money for prom or something. Like not like you make money. Yo, know, this limo got me working. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's like people act like it's just like nah, but like you have like whole ass like you have like people like feeding like five kids at once like working at like McDonald's. Yeah, like I don't know how people do that, but you're right. Like I always wonder if working at McDonald's, like working in the check, working that the uh, drive-through, made more money than like being a doctor or like an engineer or something like that. Would would people like tell their kids to go like to McDonald's Academy and like get a degree in like burgers and shit? Because like, is that how messed up we are psychologically? Where we just we, we just like it's just money. It's just all. It doesn't matter. Like I like to think that people don't want like. In my heart, I have more faith in humanity. If I, I feel like it's not just about the money, it's like there's something else that, that makes you not want to work at McDonald's. Like, please don't tell me that money is the only reason you're not going to work at McDonald's or like prestige or whatever. Well, well I mean, I think we, we actually don't. It's not money that we value the most now. Today, we value um, education and some kind of like privileged class kind of thing. Because the thing is, is that yeah. people don't want to be, you know, plumbers. Plumbers make like fifty dollars an hour. You know what I'm saying? Like plumbers make like 200k a year. So, 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 like, think about that. People don't want this. It's a, it's a blue collar job, but you make your white collar money. You, you hear me? So you have to like put, give it that kind of perspective. People want something where they can they feel like they're doing something important. Like that. That's yeah. what people actually care about today, and that's why our generation seems to be the most unemployable. Like our generation of college graduates. Because, you know, like, you know, people like me, I study like, well, actually, I, I, didn't, I didn't give a fuck about being important. I just, I didn't really give a fuck about college at all. Like, I just kind of <laughs> fell into it. And, you know, the government paid every penny for me to go to college. So I studied literature just because I felt like it. But people will study something, you know, like sociology, hoping that they, they can work at a nonprofit or something. You know, like, like I want to help the world or something like that. But, like, why not help the world by, like, fixing someone's toilet? And yeah, you make 200k a year. Think about that. That's a lot of fucking money. Yeah, but, but like, all that shit, like, dude. But, all but, general but people, gals. That, that's, and that's why I'm saying people wouldn't. If McDonald's paid six figures a year, people still wouldn't just go and work there. Like, where parents wouldn't encourage that because there's this idea of we're better than that. But I, I remember I thought the other day like McDonald's for general manager. If you have a college degree. McDonald's will pay you eighty thousand dollars a year if you have a college degree to be a general manager. That's actually like imagine that's more than like, I was making working my shitty job. Working it, 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 see, me and my friend Rich, we like we saw that and was like, "What? <laughs> Yo, we have college degrees that you, you want to fucking manage a McDonald's?" <laughs> Yo, but, but people aren't thinking that way because people are thinking like, like you know, what I'm saying like you have to you have to have a dig, a dignified job. But what is a people dignified think they're job? better than you burgers? Know what I mean? That's what it is. They think they're better than burgers. So like, you, you know, what I mean, and you know, you know what I mean, being like an immigrant too, like especially like immigrants, like 
you know, not me. It's like, you know, like I just had like a different kind of ass situation. Yeah. I know like a lot of Ethiopian kids, they're like, their parents are like, okay, you have to do IT or something like that, you know? And that that's kind of, that's kind of the standard because you build this kind of skill and, you know, you're more or less guaranteed a job. But no one would ever tell – they wouldn't tell you, like, yo, go be a plumber. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, or, like, do, weld, do welding or something like that. You know what I mean? But, like, but those things those things are high paying, you know, like, especially because you, you can contract yourself out and just work for yourself. Yeah, or, like, fork, forklift operators. Like, I remember at my community college, we had, like, all these cl- classes, like, those, like, tech classes. And one of them was, like, fork, forklift driving and shit. But that's, that's, I totally agree with that. Like, that's some bullshit. Like, I fell into that trap too. Like, talking about the Ethiopian IT, like, that's, that was me. Like, East African IT. Like, I, I majored in MIS and shit and I hated it. And I literally almost switched to anthropology one year because I was like, I was so depressed. I was like, oh my God, what am I doing with my life? And I almost did it. But then I just, I don't know. I talked myself out of it because I was like, you know, it's going to, it would, it would have cost me a lot more money. Um, and it would have taken a lot more time. But, I've talked about that before, but yeah, you're, you're just the standards and it, 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 did your parents give you a hard time when you, um, no studied literature? No, because I wasn't, I wasn't going to go. I was like one of those kids who wasn't even meant to go to college anyway. I mean, like I'd say, I'd say on an intellectual level, like, yeah, because I'm somebody who has always done well in academia, like, um, as far as like critical thinking and stuff like that. But as like somebody who's like on their way to college, Nah, like, like a lot, a lot of my friends growing up were like, you know, burnouts or like criminals and stuff. And it's and it's, oh, not, and it's not even and it's not even like saying like that's my environment. It's also like I was kind of drawn to that kind of stuff too. So like when I graduated high school, I probably had like a GPA of like one point two or something like that. Like I didn't, like, I, I didn't give a fuck, dude. Like. I went to community college because I was like, okay, not like not towards getting a bachelor's degree. I went to community college because I was like, okay, well, I need to occupy my time somehow now that I'm not in high school. And, yeah, you know, and What's I worked, next I, I, yeah, I worked full time, but I was like, I might as well just enroll in some classes. And I went to Durham Tech Community College for two and a half years, and then I like That's- got my associates, and I was just wasn't in school anymore. And then I was like, my mom was like, oh, you should apply to like transfer to four year. And I was like, all right. And I, I applied to UNC Asheville. Literally, like, I did the whole application the day of, like, the deadline. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> I, like, came home from the bar, like, and it was funny. I was coming home from the bar because I was, like, 19 without a fake. But I was coming home from the bar. And, like, <laughs> I, saw, I saw a letter, like, in my living room. I, like, opened it. I was like, oh, shit, I got accepted. And I was like, I guess I'm going to college. So I, I, I never, I never felt that kind of pressure. My dad, my dad a little bit. Yeah. My dad was like, Oh yeah, you should like, you, you should like double major, get it too, or something like that. And I, I, I get that, but, um, it, it was never early on. It, it was more like later on, but, um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know, you know, like, and for my dad, it would be different too. Cause like my, my dad is like, uh, archaeologist i mean not right now but um my dad's also like a victim of like like both my parents they're victims of studying what you love so if my dad told me to study it it wasn't like a stereotypical ethiopian thing it was more of like him 
doing what he loved himself and like just ending up being like a poor immigrant in like the US with my mother who was also like studied what she loved, which is literature. So like they had to work like odd jobs and shit when I was growing yeah, up. Yeah, like it's a cautionary tale in that way. Um I feel that though. I feel like that's ultimately the thing is when you when you do what you love, you gotta just kinda it sounds corny, but like you have to be able to like, you know, be okay being poor. That's the one conversation I had with myself when I left my job. I was like, yo, Ferris, like I'm going to start doing shit I actually want to do, but I got to be okay with not eating out anymore. Yo. Like I got to be okay with like, just like hustling and eating like struggle shit and like, you know, not spending money and being super frugal because I got to make this shit work. And I was just like, if at the end of the day, if you're okay in being poor in life, then you should do it. And it's meant, it's meant for you. But if you're not okay with being poor and you have these like, unrealistic expectations were like i'm gonna major in um art and i'm gonna become the next you know leonardo da vinci or something and this is gonna happen you have your life planned out in your head if you don't imagine yourself ever failing or ever being poor you're not okay with that then just don't fucking do art like if money is that important to you fucking go work a bank job go to work go fucking work at wells fargo man like you know if money is that important to you and it is to some people some people you know i've dated people like that who are like money is the most important thing to them and people without money are, are pretty much worthless and that, um, you know, shit like that. I've been asked how much I make on dates. I was just like, yo, what the fuck's wrong with you? Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, I don't know. How, I don't know how you'd be getting <laughs> around that. But uh, so um, I remember when I met you, like you asked me what I studied and I said literature. You thought you said you like thought that was like really cool or something like that. But I, I, never, I, 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 I never imagined that you hated what you did or whatever, you hated what you studied. So uh, are you working right now or you have like more or less like a stimulus package from your corporate job where like you just don't have to work for a little while? I just – so what I did was um, when I got to my job, before I even applied to that job, I knew I didn't want that job. But I was like, you know what? I'm broke right now. Let me just thug this out until I figure out what I want to do. And while I was working this job – I hated it so much. It kept encouraging me to not spend money because every time, every time I like, you just have like, I just hate going in. I'd be like, you know what? I'm gonna save every fucking dime and I'm gonna use this money, smart, and I'm gonna go and invest in myself. And if it doesn't work out, so what? I'll be poor. Like, what the fuck? But I'm not gonna waste my life being sad and depressed in this job I hate. So um, that's why I thought that what you did was so cool because I low key feel like you know I wish I majored in like history or like some humanity. Um, anthropology something like that um because i'm pretty much where i started to begin with because you know i ended up kind of going in a circle where like you know i'm not even working in my field i, sh I might as i might have well just enjoyed the ride in college and, and did something i loved but yeah i'm not i'm not working and i just saved my money i saved all my pennies and i was like i'm just gonna you know do personal projects and you know stuff like that and i'm releasing a book should be out next week hopefully but um that was also one of the things where I, I was kind of kind of encouraged me to leave because I, I really like writing that's what, probably why i was amazed with your uh with your uh, major so much okay wait so did, did you have like a uh, first of all i i salute you man that's pretty cool Thank uh you. i yeah i assume you like uh I assume you made a pretty penny before you quit, though. I did not know. People thought that you saved you, you, you saved you saved enough for what you think you need. At exactly. least I didn't make yeah. money because, like, I was working at a, a corporate position. But when you work like in IT, there's levels, right? I was literally the gutter garbage of IT. I was a dude you call when your mouse doesn't work. Like that's that's the shit I was doing. So and I, plus, I was working in an uptown. And I had to pay for parking. Like it was a fucking 
um, ordeal. I, okay. It sounds like but, 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 but you, I'll say like you, you don't drink, you don't smoke weed, so at least you don't like you're not wasting your. Mo- I guess you you could spend your money on food and like vacations. Yeah, literally, and stuff. food is what I spend my money on, like vacations. And I literally just I live at home, so I just eat at home and just mooch. Literally, what I'm doing, and um, that's where I am right now. You know, that's the whole uh, yeah. Like you just got to be like. The thing is, like, I see a lot of people when I was working these corporate jobs, I would see a lot of people working who made more than me, but spent their money on dumbass shit. I'm like, you're going to have to work your whole life, man. Like, what are you doing? Like, they'd be partying every night, like, you know, alcohol, getting bottles with models at the clubs and snapping it and like going, eating. But bottles, like, what? I mean, I was about to say, I'm, I was about to say, I'm guilty of that until you said bottles with models. I was like, what? What kind of money do they make? Dude, <laughs> bottles. dude, bottles with models, bro. At Tequila House or wherever they're going, all these clubs in Charlotte. Yeah, that's, um, that's wild, man. Popping it off. Yeah, we have a lot of douchey bankers in Charlotte. That's like the, the, the main, the main demographic. Bottles, bottles with models. <laughs> yeah, Papa bottles and models. Then dot a little. Yeah, 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 you you can miss me with that, man. I'd be, I'd, I'd be balling though when I go out on U Street, man. But like, I, I, I ball like on like a personal level, not like. But on- you guys don't get, get you guys don't get like I I, hang, I hung out with you guys. You guys don't get bottles at the clubs. You guys get like pregame bottles, which is like the cheaper like smarter alternative oh, oh no, no no i'm saying i do like once we get in i mean i, I don't buy bottles yeah actually i don't buy bottles at the club but like all like like if, if i'm like like at the club like i'll be like all right like i'm gonna like order like these three drinks and just like buy everybody a beer real quick before like i even start like running my tab and stuff like that or like if i go somewhere i'll be like okay there's a hookah i'll just like buy a hookah real quick like it's nothing and you know, like, I, don't, I don't really need to do that, but I'll just do that anyway. But 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 yeah, like, I remember like one time I was at this place, Vivid. I like Vivid Lounge, but like um, it's owned by Eritreans, but it's more of like a black demographic, like black American demographic. But like uh, they got hookah in there and stuff, so I'll buy hookah, and they know me. I remember one time I once asked like on a Saturday night, I was like, "Is that table really reserved?" She was like, "Yeah." I was like. And I was like, she's like, it's $300 just to sit there. I'm like, nah, I'm all right. I'm just going to go to the bar. <laughs> but like, you know, people, people really like the, 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 like people who are like, like money's everything to them. They just want to like flex, you know, they're going to spend $300 so they can sit in a room with everybody else. Yeah. You know what That's I'm saying? That's bullshit. What, like what, where is the money coming from in DC? Like, I know it's not like government. Is it government? I mean, you, you definitely have Capitol Hill staffers, like Capitol Hill staffers will be like up in Adams Morgan and DuPont circle on Connecticut How Avenue. Make? Uh, I don't know. You know, I don't know. I assume like anywhere between 50, no, no, probably anywhere, anywhere between 30,000 and like 170,000 or something, huge range. Depending, on what yeah, depending on what you do. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, really depending on what you do. But, um, yeah, I mean, this, the, the government's definitely the biggest employer in D.C. You know, they employ a lot of like, bus drivers and just Metro and or just like everything. But, but, uh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we have a lot of lobbyists. We have a lot of, like, lobbying money in D.C. I mean, I, I, I don't think that those are the guys spending money at the clubs that I go to. <laughs> but, um I don't know, man. Like, there's there's money everywhere in DC. I mean, there's food service, so food service is huge. We used to have no, no food service, like fine dining restaurants in DC. I mean, we we did, but we we didn't in like the hood, and now they're like everywhere. So there's a lot of foods. There's a lot of food service. 
there, there's literally money in everything though because you you have people like like i'll do uber eats on my bicycle sometimes damn and uh like huh? you, so you do it on your bicycle like how is that oh, 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 oh yeah because you're not gonna park nowhere in washington dc you know yeah. what i'm saying and it's like it's like if, if i want to or i need i need some supplemental income i'll just get on my bike and you know you instantly hired you know you just download the uber eats app and it just makes sure like i don't know what it really checks for man and it's like we're gonna background check have you stolen anybody's like, fries before like that's what i ask but, but it's like you, you you can make like you know like you can make a hundred dollars in like three and a half hours doing uber eats on your bicycle cool, but you have to you have to you you have to be ready to like get in shape though. You know what I'm saying? Like, I mean, you don't you don't have to go to the gym to get ready for it, but you have to be willing to like be tough until your body gets used to it. Yeah. So there's kind of, there's kind of like money and everything, and you know, like probably a lot of people just do Uber, like Uber driver in DC and Lyft. A lot of people do that full time. Yo, that's what I. You guys are on that hustle thing, like that city hustle. Because I remember uh, Mo Mo was telling me that um he was like doing uh. He does like cat yeah. cat sitting. Yeah, he's a pet sitter, and like I'm like, you can make bank doing that if you have like enough clients. The thing is, like, you don't have enough clients in places like North Carolina because like people be sitting their own pets. But like when you have money and you have like you know you have that option, you can be you know sit on my pet all day. <laughs> I'll sit on your chinchilla. Yeah, like man. That. But like. Uh, the, 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 those aren't the people buying three hundred dollar tables at the club for like one hour though. <laughs> Oh really? Who are the dudes who are those like drug dealers? Oh yeah, yeah, probably drug dealers. You know, like yeah, probably. I mean, well, not even that. You probably you also have people who a lot of people are in like some kind of like consulting service or you know have some kind of business that's not drug dealing. Because I feel like my friends are like drug dealers and like they like they they hang out more like grimier spots. But like even at like like the, there's like there's like the there's like the straight like dive spots, but then there's like the dive spots, but like not the dive spots where like white people go, like black dive spots, and then there's like the like kind of nice upscaley clubs, but it's also kind of like grimy still, and like where you can like pay for a table and have you can have like a section, like you can pay for a section with like some like Ooh. like they'll bring out some tape for you, not tape, what do you call that shit, like the red, <laughs> yeah rooms. yeah like like like. Yeah, so I, I, I assume, like, who, I mean, I assume whoever's doing that is in some kind of uh, clandestine business is just because you have to have a certain kind of mentality to, like, want that, period. Like, no matter how much money you make. Like, yeah, you got to be nigger is what you're saying. Like, you, like, like, you, you want to be like, yeah, like, look at me. And, like, yeah everything i never had like you gotta flash it out. yeah i could never be a drug dealer i've thought about it like i was like yeah maybe i should do a little uh, hustling on the side you know a little trap trap but um i've watched enough like movies like it was like scary remember those scary ass movies in like the 90s of like drug dealers and like they're always super like depicted as like these i feel like i'm that just shit got ingrained in me and i just got so scared because i'm like i can't be rolling around where people could kill me tomorrow because you know i sold a crack rock to the wrong person yeah i mean I mean, you. I mean, I, I don't know. What, what, white kids be trapping a lot, man. You know, like it's just games. To I think I just have like the, 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 I just been conditioned that way, and plus my parents always used to like you know scare the fuck I mean, out I mean, of us with that shit. Yeah. So like I just like I carry a lot of bad. 
I mean, my, my parents did too, but I like, like I, I kind of grew up different, and I, I kind of fell into it anyway. Anyway, and like, but but I mean, yeah. like when, when when I was trapping, man, like, like I was, I felt like I was rich, man. Like, were you making like stacks? No, like no, I wasn't shit? flexing at all, man. Not, none of that, zero. But like, I'm pretty, I, I'm pretty sure at one point I like ran the weed game in Chapel Hill, like straight. I'm, I'm <laughs> Damn, you were tar healing. You were tar healing. Bro, bro, like, I'm serious, man. Like, because I, I remember, like, cause I, I, I don't know if you've ever been to like Kipos Taverna. It's a Greek restaurant. I work there um, as a server. But uh, I remember, like, my manager came up to me yeah. once, and she was like, "You haven't picked up your checks in like six months," and just like gave me a stack of checks. <laughs> She's like. Oh, he's like, you're probably kind of worried about that, aren't you? And I was like, yeah. I was like, and I just put him right in the bank after that or whatever. But like, sorry, ma'am, I'm selling a different kind of disease. I went from like working, like, because I was in community college at the time, and I like went from working like six days a week, and like four four of those days would be doubles to like working like two days a week. Because I was just like, I was like, nah, I'm not, yeah, you can have my shift, whatever. But I'm, I'm, I'm serious, man. Like, I don't know how, how I fell into it, but I did. And, uh, you know, like, I was also like my room, my roommate. Um, I'm not going to say his name. He, he's actually, he, he, he's actually like, he works at the DC jail now, which is like really funny. And, um, but and he, he's like a corrections officer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he, he and he was working with me, man. And he, he's from New York. He's from uh, the Marcy Projects, which is where like, Jay Z is actually from. It's like it's one yeah. of the famous projects. But like, um, yeah, he, he, we were roommates in North Carolina and shit. And like, you know, I wouldn't do anything crazy, but we had a mach- we 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 had like a nine millimeter at home, and we also had a machete, and like. And, and, and this man, like, bro, like, he, he'd go to frat houses on, at, like, UNC Chapel Hill, like, frat, like, yeah. and rob white boys who would be drug dealing and, like, take their shit, like, take their supply. Like, he'd, like, put a mask Fuck. on and, like, take a machete and, like, take their shit. And, you know, he, like, and, you know, I'm, like, 19, and, like, you know, I've done hood rat shit, but I'm, like, bro, no. But I'm, like, I'm, like, man, <laughs> I'm, like, you can't be doing this out here. We, we too hot right now. We was it, would there be like a party going on or something, or just like just go to their house and, and rob oh, them? Like, I mean, I, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't go with them, man. Like, I was like, I was like, I'm not, I'm not getting like, like me just trapping in general. That that's enough for me. Like, but like, um, yeah, he would go with this kid Malik, and I remember my friend Hezzy wanted to go one time, and I was like, yeah, but the dudes weren't home that one time, and I was glad, I was glad because my friend Hezzy, he's he's not built for that kind of life, but he's kind, he's like yeah. kind of like you know, sad boy or whatever. And I don't, I don't know. I guess he wanted to do something exciting. And I was like, come on, man, you don't <laughs> stop it. But yeah, he like ended up going, but like they weren't there, but, but yeah, like, yeah, like, like they, they, they would like rob frat boys for their like money and for their drugs and then just resell them. And like, hundred percent. This, this, this was, this was my roommate. I mean, he, 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 he he's, he's my friend or whatever, but like, but that was just like some like sur- like surreal ass shit happening, you know what I'm saying? Like that that was like some like movie type shit, and like. But, but yeah, man, I, 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 huh? Was that the moment where like you were like, okay, 
I don't know if this life is for me. <laughs> like you have to reevaluate all your decisions in life. Nah, not really, man. I, I was like, no, nah, I, I took that Glock. I just, I, just, I, 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 was, I was just, I was, I was, I was like, you know, fucked up on like liquor and like smoking a lot of weed all the time. So I mean, like, did you almost ever get caught though? Like did you almost ever get caught for like uh, trapping and, and hood ratting in Chapel Hill? You know, I can't, I can't say I have. You know, I'd say like I, I dealt with a lot more uh, shitty police encounters when I was just like seventeen, like drinking publicly than like I've ever when I was trapping. But I, I was pretty immaculate when I was trapping. But there there was a point when we like when when I say we ran we ran the block like like we, we had a house off Franklin Street. <laughs> You know, Frank. Yeah, yeah. Off the the main street where like all the like bars and clubs and restaurants, all that kind of stuff is on Chapel's campus. We we had a house off this like little like side street, which was kind of like apparently kind of like the hood, which is really funny to imagine the hood in a small town because you just you just got to walk like two blocks to be out of it. But like, it's like we one had, apartment building. It's like what he was like. Okay, okay that's the hood. <laughs> but, that's but a section yeah. eight, brah. <laughs> yeah. But like we, we we had like we had a house there or whatever just like right off the cut and like at some point man like there would be like fifty people like in it like and at that point yeah I was like a little bit paranoid we had like fifty people in and out of like our house like every day just like walking in and out walking in and out and you know like I only dealt with weed but like you know like my homie uh, won't mention his name right now because of what he does. Yeah. But um, yeah, he, he he you know he he would mess with Roxy's and Molly and Blow and just whatever, man. And like we yeah, just had like so much. Just, and the funniest thing about it is our landlord's house was right next to ours, and our, our landlord was black, but he he was like a square. He was like he was like Carlton Banks, like an Ebenezer. Like, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, like his 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 mother loved us though. Like we'd be like smoking like blunts in our backyard, and he they they his grandmother would be like barbecuing on the other side. <laughs> she didn't give a fuck. Like I'm pretty sure our, our landlord didn't actually live there. He like just housed his mother there or whatever, and he like had his own other private property. But like he he'd always like be like, "What are you guys doing? What are you guys doing? <laughs> what you guys up to?" Like, yeah, he's like he's like he's like yeah. He was just kind of like. He's like Carlton Banks or something like that. But yeah, it was, it was like really funny that like his mother was just like cool with it yeah. and all that kind of shit. But, but yeah, that's, that's like a really funny experience. And, you know, I'm glad my life is weird so I can tell these stories. <laughs> you got to have the weird stories, man. Like yeah. that, those are the best. Um, if you if you don't have weird stories, you haven't fucking lived. Like I remember I'm trying to think of some weird shit that happened to me. Nah, dude, nothing compared to like to 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 that level. Um, not that I can think of now. The thing is with my stories is they just kind of just come. They come when they come, man. Because I've I've got so many. You just there's nothing I can't really write them down. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Something you'll say something and then it will get triggered. But that's insane, dude. I never got that deep into like because I was raised in the suburbs, like I said. So like I wasn't even like you know my first joint was like out of an apple bong when I was in ninth grade. So or my first weed experience. Rather. Yeah, I feel. You. I mean, but like I said, this was in Chapel Hill, though, man. You know, what I mean? but like, I just, yeah, yeah. I, I, I just happen to like hang out. Things I, I feel like I'm, I'm just 100% DC. But like, I did like, 
I I hung out with like fucking dysfunctional ass people in Chapel Hill too. <laughs> you just gravitate. There's like a thing for that. It's called like when trauma bonding. Was that what it was? When you just relate to people who are in trauma, or you meet people based on you really connect people based on like your past trauma experiences. I feel like I do that sometimes, where like especially when I like did shit, where I'll meet people who are as fucked up as me, or like damn, you have a therapist too. Let's talk. And like I'm just like somehow like attracted to that. Like I like damaged women. Um, that sounds bad. I like damaged people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You should correct that for all your listeners. Yeah, yeah. I don't like. I don't like. I'll probably cut it out. I like. I don't like damaged women. I like. Da- I like people who have experienced trauma like I have, so I can talk about it and they'll understand. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel you. I think I've seen like some meme that was like, "Yeah, sex is cool, but how about mutual healing or something like that?" Yeah. How about how about we we meditate and gaze into each other's eyes? and talk about our feelings and emotions uh, yeah I, I feel that though man I, I need i need to find me a girlfriend but yeah, like i don't you want yeah you want to you want to be in a relationship but you don't i have this thing where i like dating girls out of state like i think it's a commitment thing because i'm like because i don't do it consciously it's super subconscious but like i feel like every girl i'm interested in is always out of state or some shit so like i'll be like see and then i can just like kind of like like you know how they say a dog doesn't shit where he eats yeah i feel yeah, like that's yeah. kind of my kind of my perspective on that like i shouldn't shit where i eat like i should just like eat over here and then shit over there like dogs but yeah are you eating by the way you sound like you're oh eating. no i'm i'm like folding these matches <laughs> oh shit folding it up so do you not, not, feel what was that oh no I, go ahead i was gonna ask do you feel um like you're japanese half uh, ethiopian which is a really cool mix i've actually you're actually the only person i know who uh who is half Ethiopian, half Japanese. So um, do you feel more Ethiopian or more Japanese or just like you're just kind of a mesh? I know that's a cliche-ass question, but, you know, we get cliche on this podcast too sometimes. I mean, I feel I feel like an American, Ooh, <laughs> to be honest. Blue. Like, you know, I mean, like my experience, like I, I'd say I'm both Ethiopian and I'm Japanese. I'm both an Asian man and a black man, and but my experience is probably more uh, growing up was more dictated as like being like a young black kid among other black kids, yeah, more or less. It like like not even like Ethiopian because it's like Ethiopians like they they move like people. You know, the DMV has the most Ethiopians and uh outside of Ethiopia, right? Yeah, outside of Ethiopia. But the thing is, most of them will live in the suburbs in Silver Spring or, you know, in Arlington. And Ethiopians will Ethiopians will have businesses in D.C., but they don't want to raise their kids in D.C. Because, you know, it's, it's also that immigrant mentality. You're not going to, like, this shitty school. Like, you have to go to, like... Where, where we have a good public school system and stuff yeah. like that. So you, 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 do, you, you do have, like, Ethiopians who, like, grow up in the city, but most of them don't. So, like, it's not, there weren't, like, Ethiopian kids in, like, my high school really? year. I mean, like, the, 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 there are exceptions. I mean, I'm sure there, there are Ethiopian kids at, like, Moe's High School. Moe went to Wilson yeah. in Tenleytown, which is, which is, like, the biggest high school. And uh, it's in, like, Tenleytown, which is a wealthy white suburb inside D.C. It's still primarily, like, a black place. But, like, um... But white kids go there too because it's like in a nice neighborhood. Their yeah. academics are good. But no, I mean th- th- there are there are Ethiopian kids who go to um. Do you like? 
like in like, like in my field, like like the poor the poor Ethiopians who can't like when I say the poor, I mean the poor, not like not like the like lower middle class. Like the poor, the lower middle class will make it to the suburbs. The poor Ethiopians will like will, would be yeah. like in the city back in the day, and like so like so there, there there were some, but like I went to school at Walls, which is a magnet school. I mean, my friend Beatty, she uh, is from my building. She also went to school at Walls. And I got in. It's a magnet public school, and it's a pretty diverse school. And I think she was the only Ethiopian girl. And then I got kicked out. And then I went to Bell. Why'd you get high kicked school out? in Columbia Heights? In Bell High, <laughs> I just wasn't showing up. And like, but like, but Bell Bell High School is like all sol. It's like it's half Salvadoran, and it's in Columbia Heights, which is like being in like Spanish Harlem and like. New York, so it's like half Salvadoran and half black. Literally, not one white kid. I remember there was like one Ethiopian kid there, or whatever. Uh, I remember like I remember like one Ethiopian kid there. But um, like 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 whoa. Do you feel like the the one drop rule applies in Ethiopia as well? So I know here in the U.S. you're considered full black. Well, what's not, it's, it's not about being considered full standards. anything. You know, it's more like it's just like it's a mark. You know, like. But, but uh, yeah, in Ethiopia, I definitely because I, I kind of see where you're going. In Ethiopia, I would be like a half caste or something like that. Half caste, yeah, maybe half um, a mixed, uh, mixed child. But yeah, I feel like that's the thing about like black black uh, genes. Apparently, it's like it, it like taints you, and like you automatically have to become like it's seen as like a disease, like a little bit of cancer. Like you can't have a little bit of AIDS. Like that's what blackness is. I feel like especially in the U.S., that's how it's like that. that's interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. If 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 you look black enough. Oh, oh yeah. So by the way, also there, there's no East Asians. Not, I mean, actually, no. There are some. Like I said, they probably go to Wilson too. They're they're because like Wilson is not Muhammad or my neighborhood school. Like they they use like his like cousin's address so he could go to a high school where he went to high school at. So yeah, a lot of people do that here in DC because like our neighborhood high school is actually Dunbar, and then like. And yeah. that's where you're like bridging, like the kind of like, and like Dunbar is not that bad, but like it's like our like high school graduates would be like 25% of the whole class of graduates this year. <laughs> like, bad. Like, like <laughs> niggas don't go. Obviously, like DC's like, DC's like, like seriously, like DC. Because the thing is, before the 2000s, DC was really like the worst city. I mean, I don't want to say the worst. That, that's about it. There's a lot of culture and a lot of beautiful people, but it, it was like one of the, like, it was one of those like most dangerous. Yeah. Yeah. Li- those literal ghettos. It had like the same kind of reputation, like Compton or whatever, like where it's like, damn, everything's fucked. <laughs> like, yeah, like, there's no hope. Well, I'm pretty sure like in DC today, like the graduation rate, even today, like in, among public schools is like 40%. Or something Damn, like that still what do people do after high school they just start trapping <laughs> i mean some people you know like or you get a job and you you know you do whatever you do but but, but yeah, yeah yeah east asians are kind of similar the east asians okay so you're ta- asking me about the mumbo sauce right yeah so so east, a- east asians like chinese people and like koreans they all live in virginia and maryland as well but they own these things called carryouts not a, it's not called takeout it's called carry out a carry out okay. is a, a chinese joint where you, you can buy beef and broccoli you can buy like drunken noodle there but people pretty much only buy a three-piece wing and fries and some mumbo sauce and that's what people people go there to buy fried chicken not chinese food 
so, 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 so this is kind of like that minority exploiting other minority kind of thing. So they like, yeah. And you'll know it's like if you're past like 18th Street, there's no carryouts in DC. Like if you're if you're anywhere west of 18th Street, it's like there's there's, there's just no more carryouts. It's it's all east from there. So like carryouts, okay. and you know like people like feed their kids like, and like so mumbo sauce is this like thing where it's like um, it's kind of like a. It's like a sweet red sauce that you – I don't know exactly how to describe it. Like sweet chili kind of? Sometimes it's spicy. Sometimes it's sweet and spicy. Sometimes it's just sweet. There's not one formula for it. And oh, So they make it themselves in like a huge vat in the back. Yeah, yeah. And like every carryout has mumbo sauce. So now you can get mumbo sauce at like nice restaurants now, which is like fucking hilarious. Oh, my God. That's but, it it's like the, yeah, yeah. They gentrified the mumbo. But <laughs> – but, but the mumbo sauce, there's literally no right formula, and no one exactly knows who invented it and how it came into the lexicon of DC. But like, cause, I mean, people will tell you stories. Like, people, a lot of people will tell you that they do know, but I'm pretty sure nobody actually, nobody actually, there's no document. What are some of these origin stories for mumbo sauce? I, I, you know, I can't exactly remember. I think like someone said like Caribbean people invented it, but I don't think that's true. And then there's like some Chinese guy like. I, I don't exactly. I don't exactly know. You can look him up, man. You can you can look up. You, you can just Google search that, and you'll find something. I never really questioned it. I just know like mumbo sauce is like a DC thing, and like I never even like thought about mumbo sauce as like being a DC thing until I didn't live in DC. You know, like Wale came out with that song DC Chillin', DC Chillin', came to get it or whatever, duh, 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 yeah, or whatever. Yeah. You know, kind of like put DC on the map. Even though Wale like grew up in like Rockville, Maryland. <laughs> but uh, out here claiming, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he's actually got a song about like he's he, on his like late. You know, you know who Wale is though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, he's he's of African descent. He's is he R and B or is he rap? I forgot. Uh, he, he he he's like he's like he's a rapper with like an R and B vibe. Yeah, he, he's yeah yeah yeah. He's he's Nigerian. He with Demi Lovato on Twitter. That's like one of the last things I remember from him. Uh, uh, that's hilarious. But um, but yeah, he, he's got a song where he's like on his new album. Which I kind of like, and uh, so he's kind of like the J Cole kind of lane, or something okay. like that, you know. Like conscious, but, but um, he kind of conscious, yeah. But he's like talking. He's got this song just called Columbia Heights, and Columbia Heights is like a neighborhood, probably about three quarters of a mile north up 14th Street from where me and Muhammad live. It's also where I went to high school, but like, it, it's really gentrified. But like Columbia Heights, it's like you kind of can't get rid of the hood there because like half the buildings there are like tower projects. <laughs> but like, uh, it's in the foundation. Yeah, so you, 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 so you, so, so you got you got like a Best Buy and like a Target and like a Five Diamond restaurant, and then you got like you got like kids like hustling in front of their buildings and shit. But like, um, yeah, he's got songs like he's like something and something. Da, 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 da. Columbia Heights, hang out with the project, hang out in the projects with the girl. And I was like, that's why I'm like, man. So you telling me you like went to high school in Rockville? Damn. You like take the subway to like the projects to go pick up girls? That's, like that's wild. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm like, really? He's on some little pump shit. Like, <laughs> I'd rather fuck a baby from the projects. I don't know what it is about the projects, but it's very appealing to a lot of people. But um, no, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Especially like I've been, to, I've been to Section Eight housing. Like I've seen people living there, and it's like there's always shit going down. The cops are always like lingering because they know someone's gonna call. So they just kind of, it's like Waffle House. You know how there's always a cop like car outside of Waffle yeah. House. It's like the same yeah. fucking shit. I, I mean, it's definitely. I think it's worse. It's definitely worse in the South. 
because yeah. uh, the projects in New York they're not that they're really they're the living conditions aren't that bad. Um, and you know, you know, obviously, like every rapper who ever came out of New York, so like ninety percent of rappers would want to like beef with me o- over that. But I mean, I, I have family in New York, and like the projects in New York, they all look exactly the same. And you have to understand the projects weren't built for black people in the first place. They were, they were built for white working class people coming out of uh, the World War II. That's what FDR built them for. Oh. It's just, you know, white flight, white fight, flight happens. So like black people moved into the projects, but like the projects are just giant apartment buildings. It's just, but you know, when you have so many people just kind of like concentrated with without jobs, you know, I guess shit starts yeah, to happen. Hood rat shit. But it, it starts it, to Yeah. Like, you know, in New York City, every project housing, every housing project has their own police station. Wow! So like, it's not even like the police show up; the police are there. Like, they're, they're just stationed there. at your in your house. That's your house, yo. Like, they're downstairs, <laughs> man. I'm gonna call the cops real quick. That's crazy. Like, like, yeah, like back like, to DC. Like DC's a fucking different world. When I was there, I low key felt like I wasn't in the U.S. Like there was a weird sense of like, I don't know what it was. I don't know, maybe because I was, all, I was, like, hanging out with you guys, but, like, I felt like I was, like, in, it, it had, like, a Canada vibe. I can't explain it. Have you been to Canada? Nah, but I wouldn't understand that either. <laughs> it's, like, it's, I, it's, like, the diversity's on point, but it's also, like, because you guys have, like, legalized marijuana. It's, like, the culture is very distinct because D.C. is super small, so it's concentrated. I mean, you guys have, like... Rhode Island Ave and shit and like you know I was also because I like hanging out with you guys while I was there because like you guys were fucking local shit so like I got I got a very different perspective of, instead of just like going there and like I'm just going on some tour or something but I wish I tried mumbo sauce legit because like that shit sounds good I grew up in New England and what were you saying I'm, I thought you grew up in Charlotte or you know you grew up in Charlotte no, 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 no. I grew up in Charlotte. I like grew up in Massachusetts. I was born in Rhode Island and um, grew up in Massachusetts. And something that we had there, which is probably probably the mumbo sauce equivalent, would be like New England clam chowder. Because I grew up on that shit. Like that was like my favorite thing. And then people like in other states are like, "That's disgusting. Why would you eat clams and what's this milky soup, milk soup?" But I liked it, dude. And I still fucking like it, but it's like one of those things. Like every state has that shit. Like Rhode Island has coffee milk. People just fucking go to the restaurant, order like coffee milk with their food, and it's just like coffee. Wait, wait, did your parents milk. live in Rhode Island? Fucking, yeah, they lived in. Um, my dad was a professor at the University of Rhode Island um, in Kingston, so that's that's kind of like where. Where so you don't have family in Charlotte. Oh no no my immediate family lives oh, in Charlotte you, but like I don't have family but, in Massachusetts. But but, but, but you you grew up in Rhode Island but your fam- your whole family moved to Charlotte and that's why you went to UNCC. Exactly oh. yeah so I lived at home the whole time. Oh oh, oh okay okay okay. okay that, 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 that. I just went to yeah that's why I went to CP too it was just fucking convenient it was just like, like uh, that's why I feel like a lot of the decisions in my life are super like reactive instead of proactive where i was just like oh what's what's in front of me you know what's convenient yeah um, i i, I you feel know. you man you know like i felt embarrassed like moving back into my moving back with my pops or whatever yeah but i mean like um i mean just because I, I lived on my own for like let's see five years paying and i paid my own bills and like stuff like that too but like um yeah like it felt, it felt weird but like now, I feel like even if I made two hundred k, 
I'd still live with my pops. <laughs> but like, I mean, I, yeah. I, I technically wouldn't be able to because I'd be too rich to live in my building. But um, like, 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 like the building, me and Mo, like me and Mo live in like the best location. Like I said, like if there's anywhere to be gentrified, it's like we live in the greatest location, and we happen to live yeah. in a low-income housing building. And yeah. uh, like the like these new like condos across from my building probably charge like four thousand for like a one bedroom or something, but like it costs it's like one thousand for like a two bedroom in our building, which is ridiculous. Which that's like North Carolina. Like imagine like living in New York for like North Carolina prices. That's like, crazy. It, so, but, but yeah, we we, we guys- have an income, huh? That location is legit too because um it's yeah. like near everything. Like it was like, like yeah. I, I told Mo like I was like yo I'm, I'm on 14th but he's like bet. I was like I was like why? It's like I live right. He was like literally like you guys were like a 10 minute walk from my hotel, which is crazy. I was like fuck. Like yeah, it, 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 Mo wasn't lying about DC. Yeah. It, yeah. So, I mean, like if, if, if I live where like if I could live make two hundred thousand dollars and live where I live, I would. I mean, actually, like if. if I mean, you technically could. You just don't have to like. You just kind of be low key about it. No, I mean, no, we, no, we we have an income verification every year. Oh, for everybody who lives there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's an income restriction. How do they know if you live there? What if you just like? I'm just sleeping over. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I could do like if I'm if I'm not on the lease anymore. Yeah. Something like that. So are they trying well, to like? What was that? Oh, I mean, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I don't know. Man. I was probably just gonna talk about myself again, but. Oh no, that's but, like, I mean, that's a guy. Like, 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 like our building has no website. There's no you can't like go to Edenhouse.com and like apply for you set up a meeting. It's like you have to just kind of know. And it's like I mean, like half our building is also like a women's shelter. There's like for, like victims of like the AIDS and shit. Yeah, because um, the church across the street from us. So it's like like our building is technically it's like a, it's like mixed. And it's a mixed private public. So like, uh, um, there's this church called Luther Place Memorial Church across, like literally right next to our building. Yeah. And they have, they're like a nonprofit and they have all these like private grants. So they started doing this grant program for like a uh, women's shelter. And then they like made the other half of the building, like a low income building. I so see. like, so it's like a, it's like a mixed private public, mixed income kind of like mostly like low income people but like like moderately low income but we also have like a specific like section eight part to like it's all kind of just like together but it's like it's like it's like a best kept secret of washington dc because it because it's also like based out of like a non-profit yeah there's like a lot of there's like a lot of rules here and because of the rules it's like you could never have like the crazy like project stuff going on that's like you, you just you'd have to like leave like that you see like in other kinds of like places where like you have like people doing crazy shit like pimping and like yeah, pimping. you know what i mean yeah i know it's like, like selling oh, coke like, in like the oh, elevators like, and shit and like the stairway yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. i mean my, 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 my friend alpha when i was a kid and uh Nobody. That's not even his like government first name. But like he, uh, he lived on he lived he lived on the fifth floor, man. And he, he used to, I mean, he was trapping when we were kids. Like I was like thirteen or something. And he was like fifteen, and he was trapping. That's and I think he was trying to put me. He was trying to put me on, but I was kind of like I wasn't ready. He was for giving it. you all the. I think Mo was more the brochures, like trying to get you to join. Like yo, come on. It, it, 
yeah, yeah. I think, I think Mo was like more enamored by it than I was at <laughs> that age. He was like, Mo was like, Mo was like, ready. He was like, <laughs> where do I sign up? <laughs> he's like, he's like, man, like. <laughs> I can just imagine Mo getting excited about that. It played out of my head. Wow. So, like, are they trying to gentrify your building? Like, is that like, is that ever possible? Where like the who like the people eating people, like the board of directors, are like, yo, some uh, profitable exploits going on here, and they just kind of kick everybody out? Uh, yeah, I think I think eventually we have we have one white family now and a white gay couple in our building. That's it. Uh, the, yeah. yeah. And one white single guy. So there's one white single guy, this French guy, who's always lived in our building, and I don't really know how or like what he does or whatever his deal is. I'm sure Mo knows, like, because Mo talks to everybody. But um, yeah, yeah, Mo's that dude, though. But <laughs> uh, as fuck. his French guy, he he he's been here for a while. But other than like him, like yeah, that white family wasn't around before I moved back. Uh, that and then um. That uh, who else? That's all about. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I guess like the white gay couple, they're here now, and um, we also have we have like Moroccans now, and I think we have like some like we have like more Arabs. Like we didn't really have yeah. Arabs. We definitely not in our building, but like in DC, like we definitely didn't have like, or I guess like Arabs or Berbers. You know, like if you want to distinguish like who North you Africans, are. yeah, 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 like that 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 wasn't really a thing. I, I assume it's just because like. I assume there's more Arabs in DC in general today, just because the United States has like destroyed their world. <laughs> so like, yeah, they so, gotta, so you got to come to the hands of the, you know. So so they so, so now they're moving to America. Yeah, I mean that that's why the migration crisis exists. But um, yeah, so like the, 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 the demographics changed a little bit. Um, I assume I assume eventually it's just going to become completely private. Like we used to have like kids programs in our building. Like Mo can tell you about it. It's called like Kids Night. Yeah, what would they do? Like, put on like Full House or some shit. It would be like, I remember like we had like a karate program for like one week. I, I like you know I was, I was like really excited. It was like some like white college guy like he was like teaching us karate in our like rec center room in our building. And I remember like I thought like I was gonna like be practicing karate. I was like eight years old. I thought I was gonna be practicing karate for the rest of my life. I thought I was gonna be like a black belt. And like he just showed up like that one time, and he never showed up again for lesson two. And I was like, "Was he coming back?" Kevin has has, has midterms, so he's not going to be able to show up. But but we, we yeah we also had like Christmas drives and shit, man. Like I remember like, bro, like we we was like the most ballin' in the hood because like it's like there's like so, so, yeah, that's like the whole nonprofit thing. There's like this program where we could make Christmas wish lists, and this nonprofit got us all presents. And I was like, I want all three Yu-Gi-Oh God cards. <laughs> so, yeah, was, Exodia? No, 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 no. It was like the like the blue one, the red one. Not not Exodia. I don't even know how you would get Exodia because you have to get that randomly or like off eBay. Or yeah, the, the five pieces. Yeah, you, yeah, you, have, five to, pieces you have to Exodia. find that randomly. But yeah, I got like the, the God cards though because I was like, and you know, the, you know, two hundred dollars for like a piece of paper or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's like, what I what I put on my wish list. I could like put something like useful. I'd be like, can I get like a saxophone or like a keyboard or like four hundred one k like like a PlayStation like. <laughs> but I, I said I want some like Yu Gi Oh God cards, but I got them, you know. So like they, they used to do stuff like that, they, and I know they don't they don't do that stuff anymore because I mean now where it's like a very Fourteenth Street's like a really high end area. Yeah, now it's like 
the gentrification took over. How many like building apartments are there in there? Because I saw, I didn't go inside, but I saw it from the outside, and it was, um, it didn't look that big like from the outside, but it could have been like it kind of goes like back or like it's like has depth. Um, so at least half of it's the building is a women's shelter. So I, I think both sides have maybe like 120 units. Okay. So it's like two 200 altogether, I think. Yeah. What do you think about that's that? Yeah, that's 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 a good that's a good number. Two hundred families, two hundred people, two hundred doors, two hundred doorknobs. You know the numbers. It's it, 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 it's a good amount. Everyone kind of knows each yeah. other, and uh, you know you just like go hang out in the lobby. Now, that's like another thing I like. That's DC in general, though. Everyone in DC knows each other. Like, yo, we're walking down with Mo when I went to go visit. Like, it was like a year ago almost, right? But. Um, and he's like, stop every every fucking person is stopping Mo, like, yo Mo, how you been? What's going on? Hey, hey, Rocky, hey, you know, <laughs> like when like a scene when Rocky's like running and jogging and shit. That's like fucking Mo. Yeah. <laughs> Somebody like throws him an apple. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean that, that's just Mo. Mo be talking to everybody. I mean, I mean, I think there is that sense of community, yeah. but you have to kind of like be from DC to like be part of that, as opposed to like like like, like these gentrifiers. I'm sure. The outside of their like little circles, they're probably like they're not as in tune to everything, you know. Like they just have their own like little world of like working for like you know like the World Wildlife Fund, you know, salute them for like working for a good cause or something. But like they just go to like yeah. Pilates and like I don't know. Then they go to like, hot yoga, yeah, hot yoga, and then like they bring their like yoga mat to like the bar and get an IPA on 14th Street or something. Like that's their life. Oh my god! Getting Ivy, getting kombucha on the rocks. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure that's just like what they like. Like there's, and, that, and that's the thing. Like, like I said, like people people go to New York to be New Yorkers. People don't really go to DC to become part of like DC. So I feel like even though DC, as far as the geographically, it's super integrated now, but as far as like socially, I feel like people aren't actually like some people are building those connections. Like artists, people in, who are like in the art scene, you know what I mean? But like, not like mm-hmm. your regular like person, like your, your regular like yuppie with a corporate job isn't like trying to reach out or anything like that. And I don't blame them. Like, it's not like their duty to, but it's like they almost like act as if everything else doesn't exist. Yeah, it's definitely um, kind of uh, reminiscent of like colonialism and all that. Because, like, I mean, those are the people who freaking go to Cancun or go to Mexico and want to stay in the resorts and not talk to people. I think that every local who's talking to them is trying to, like, steal their phone or something. You know? That's the same kind of, like, mentality. But um, oh, 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 so real quick on another tip. Did you see that video um, of, like, the dog walking by Howard University? No, what happened? Okay, I'm going to see if I can, like, send it to you right now. Bye, yeah, yo, hit me up. So, <laughs> there, there was this, uh, there, there was this um, dude, uh, this dude. Okay, so, white, you know what Howard University is? That's, like, the most... It's, like, pres- over by U Street, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, like, it's, it's not far from... We live right by Howard, and, you know, Howard University is, um like, the mecca of, like, black education. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like yeah, it's the HB, ah, HBU of the world, pretty much. Right, 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 top. right, right. Like like uh, Chadwick Bosman went to Howard. Kamala Harris went to Howard. Ludacris Mom. never misses a homecoming at Howard. <laughs> like, like like Howard is like the black mecca of like the United States, and yeah. but yeah, so like all these like new like white people who live 
in our neighborhood now, they keep walking their dog. They keep walking their dogs and shit over Howard's campus. They're using Howard's campus as a, as a dog park. Fun. And like the students were like complaining about it. There's like one white guy was like, man, well, you know, we're part of the community and like there's the university's in the city. They should just move the university. <laughs> and like this dude, this dude got destroyed on Instagram though. Like, like people like shut him down, man. Moving you know, rightfully so. But, Wow, that's so fucking ignorant. And, and it's like this, like white hipster, like 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 buff ass dude with like gauges who like uh, I don't know. Looks like you want like you wouldn't really think he's a racist unless he opened his mouth. But you also would think like he's probably never thought about black people ever. But like yeah, the, the thought just never happened. That's fucking crazy. Have you ever seen a dude? Well, actually, back to that. Like that's yeah, that's definitely that's one of those clashes. Like. Um, they were probably letting their dog shit everywhere and not picking it up too. And even if they do shit, I noticed that when dogs shit on shit, it like ruins the grass. So like you get all these patches. I don't know, man. You you you, you can Google it. So I wish I could find the video I originally saw on Instagram. But like you'll probably be able to find the video of like the dude and like the way he's speaking, like the way he's speaking sound like that max it makes him sound like i mean he probably is a racist like low-key now high-key but yeah he, he's like yeah they just moved the university like howard university guys have been there for 150 years yeah and they're gonna move it for your fucking cocker spaniel like that's that's the priority here is a little yeah i, I think it's not just like dog walking like white people are like working out on howard university's campus they're like and they're like you know, like jogging through it and like doing yoga in the park and shit. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, bro, this is this is madness. Like, it's just like imagine like like if you got like all your black friends and you like went to like UNC Charlotte. I mean, I don't know how diverse UNC Charlotte is. It might be like very diverse, but you know, you you went somewhere where it's like it's like okay, we know this isn't, and you just started like. I don't know, doing like black people shit all over their shit. Oh, they would not allow that. I would have get I would have gotten called by like college camp, the college police. Like somebody would have tweeted it. It would have been it would have been out. There. But back to UNCC, we're like pretty. Uh, we're not we're diverse in like in terms of like we don't just have like a lot of black people. We have like a lot of everybody. Like a little, we have a good number of. Oh, 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 yeah. You know. Oh, yeah. No but doubt. Also, it's it's still a white majority school. But um, there's also like, and also I came from the suburbs, dude. So like, I was happy with anything I got. I was like, wow, like some people who like, you know, are who understand. Oh yeah, stuff. you you from, you're from like you said you're from Rhode Island, nah, like Rhode Island, like, born in Rhode Island, but like <laughs> Massachusetts. Like, but I was from like a really oh, white okay. part of you're, Massachusetts, you're from- like Westboro, Massachusetts, where it's like um, suburban. It's the suburban white people who left the city because they didn't like black people, and then here I am. <laughs> in their town because my ass my family followed their asses and then they're like oh shit i thought we thought we thought we got rid of you guys but that's what that's what that shit was it was um it was never overt racism really but it was also just a lot of exclusion and a lot of um you know like looks and like there's places like there's definitely places in westboro that i would i wouldn't go because i felt like i wasn't welcome there like restaurants there's certain like establishments that you know we call them like townies the people the white people who are from the town that i was from and like are like very like you know prejudice in that way we call them townies they call themselves townies too like they're from the actual town and um they used to have this restaurant called uh yeah, yeah, yeah. uh yeah, if anybody lives in westboro they know this fucking restaurant it's on route nine it's called harry's fried clams or some shit it's called harry's 
and it's on Route 9, and that place is where all the townspeople, like, gather. Like, when they talk about, like, pillaging and lynching, like, that's where you go to meet before that happens. Like, they all, like, get there. And um, I think I've been there once, and every time I would go in, everybody would just stare at me, like, he's too black to be eating fried clams, which is also delicacy of the Northeast. But, um, yeah, I think I just wanted to try it, but it was just, like, yeah, like, that. those, like, places like that, like, the locally owned places are usually places where like we kind of think twice before going. And I think that's why when we lived in Massachusetts, like whenever we went out to eat, we always went to a lot of like chain restaurants because chain restaurants were considered like safe places. Not always. Like there were some exceptions where we went to like these really good Italian restaurants or like Mama Rosa and shit. And like where it's like locally owned were really good. And they, 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 that wasn't an issue, but like there's like some places where you just got to be careful, like where you go out to eat. Cause like there's a lot of places where they're just not welcoming from, um, they don't welcome people of color. Yeah. Oh, 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 yeah, sure. And, you know, also even in, like, North Carolina, your experience is just kind of different. Like, Actually, I experienced less in North Carolina. Oh, 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 oh no, no, oh, no, no, no. I, was, I wasn't talking about racism. I was saying, like, the surprising kinds of diversity you can get. It's kind of like, you know, like Houston, Texas. Like, you have, like, a lot of, like, South Asians in Houston and, like, Oh, I, don't, I don't know. It's, I don't know what, what, why immigrants are moving to the south, but it seems like a lot of immigrants are like have been moving to the south. And, like, property, it's there. property values, property prices. Because yeah. like, I mean, in the northeast, you can't afford a house, yo. Like it's like a million dollars for some cheap shit for like, a, for like an old colonial broken down house. Right, because of that, you have these like micro communities now that like exist yeah. in the south. There's a bunch in, um, yeah, we have a huge South Asian population. A lot of my friends are South Asian. We also have a big um, uh, Latino. I think the biggest non-black colored population in Charlotte would be definitely South Asian and then the Hispanic population. So like in Guatemalan, um, Salvadorian, uh, Central American specifically. Yeah. Actually, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't know any Mexicans until I moved to North Carolina. Like, cause I mean, DC, it's all, uh, maybe I knew like one Mexican, Miguel, Sagno, (laughs) but uh, (laughs) now like, now like, like they they were all like Salvadoran. Like they're all like, or like mostly Salvadoran, you know, like Honduran too. But like in North Carolina, you definitely have a lot more Mexicans. Like, yeah. It's, it's interesting how the culture is different everywhere you go to. Like, if you go to Arizona or Texas, you have a lot of Mexicans who don't even speak Spanish. And that's because that's not because they forgot it in one generation. It's because, like, their Mexican families have been there since, like, back when Texas was Mexico. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> there's just, like, that funny overlap. You know, like, like Breaking Bad, like, the Mexicans in Breaking Bad, they're, like, they speak just like Americans. They don't have no accent. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, some of, some of them even sound like Texans. Like their accents, like almost like a stereotype, like white guy, like what you doing around here, yeah, boy? Yeah, like like, like talk like that. Yeah, that, that's so fucking true. Like that's the the situation. But we have like um, in Charlotte, we have like huge Mexican community, and they're they're like they're out they're out and about, and they're super proud. It's awesome. Like they have like festivals and stuff, and like we go to their festivals. It's fun. Like they have like cool supermarkets. Like that's like the the cool culture you can get. Um, that's like the enclave, cultural enclave. You know. We should probably wrap it up, dude. We've been talking for like three hours. Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the podcast. Follow us on Instagram at the Ferris of them all on Twitter at Ferris of them all, et cetera, et cetera. You guys know the gist. And um, yeah, just send me an email if you have any questions, comments, or concerns at the Ferris of them all at gmail.com or you want to be on the podcast. You can even DM me on any one of our platforms. Uh, thank you, Abraham, so much blessing this podcast with your presence 
it's been truly enlightening learning about all these <laughs> endeavors and circumstances no and situations and all them things brah um just give your give your uh, follow him on um instagram by the way he's hilarious his stories are hilarious like insanely hilarious like he just blurts out everything no filter and he also plays guitar which is super cool and he always posts videos of that so follow him shout out your stuff abraham uh, all right do you would you be able to put it in like the description or something like that yeah i'm gonna put it yeah because you you know a lot of people don't know how to spell sometimes including myself yeah, or listen yeah you want yeah. li- li- listen so um my personal handle is at beethoven wait no no not no i changed it recently it's at baby beethoven so baby b-a-b-y and then beethoven spelled like bay so uh B-A-E-T-O-V-E-N. So baby Beethoven. But you can also find me if if anyone here is interested in reading stories, I'm doing this project where me and my friend Miles, who's living in Korea, we're writing letters to each other. And it's been basically a series of meditations with images and words. And um I think it's just about healing and growth in general, but probably on a more specific level about visibilizing black male sensitivity and um, growth in like a non-toxic kind of way. So it's called an open correspondence, but the Instagram handle is incomprehensible chatter. So if you can spell that, you know, I think it's going to be in the description. I don't I actually don't. Yeah. I'll put it in. Yeah. I'll put them all in the description yeah. for you guys. So yeah. That's, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually really cool, though. That project sounds really. I'm gonna get into that too, because I think that's one thing in the for black males. It's super stigmatized to kind of heal or even like mental health or um, anything develop anything regarding personal development or um, keeping yourself in check in uh, those ways is seen as kind of unmanly. So I love that you're doing that. Shout out to that. <laughs> no doubt. Fuck yeah, fuck yeah, dude. Well, thank you, dude. Thank you for blessing us. And definitely want to have you back on, man. Uh, Anytime, hey, always hey, yeah, I've enjoyed it, man. Yeah, dude, you earned your you, you earned your card, man. You earned the you earned the respect. You, you, we jumped you into the <laughs> all now. So, all right, man.